in true Presbyterian form, we have been doing a lot of talking about discipleship. Um, and so I want to do a little bit of practicing life-on-life life discipleship together. So it might be tempting to say like, oh, I heard all the information, I got this, but so that you can learn what it feels like, you can have an experience of it uh, before you go back to your people and suggest this type of thing, I'd ask that you would hang in there with me. So let me start out with a Eugene Peterson quote to center us. He says, if I vainly crowd my day with conspicuous activity or let others fill my day with imperious demands, I don't have time to do my proper work, the work to which I have been called. How can I lead people into the quiet place beside the still waters if I am in perpetual motion? How can I persuade a person to live by faith and not by works if I have to juggle my schedule constantly to make everything fit into place? If there's no time to nurture these essentials, I become a busy pastor, harassed and anxious, a whining, compulsive Martha instead of contemplative Mary. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Anyone out there have those tendencies? So, um, our divine encountering time with the Lord doing our proper work is the antidote to being the whining, compulsive Martha. So, I'm going to ask you to take out um, the worksheet that looks, says some, how to write your discipleship design for growth. This discipleship design is something that Dana and I learned from Tim Fuhrer. Um, Tim Fuhrer is an eco-pastor and was a missionary in Turkey for a long time. And so he introduced this simple method to us. And it's um, something that a structure that we suggest that could be made part of your microgroups. And so I just want to introduce it to you this morning. Where it starts with is this worksheet where you're going to, I'm going to give you quiet time alone with the Lord to think about where is God leading me to grow. And I offer scripture for you to meditate on, or you just might want to be in silent prayer, and you don't have to answer all of these questions, but some of, if, if the answer doesn't immediately come to you, what area of your life God would like you to grow, then working through this might help. And so it starts with spending time thinking, okay, God, is there some specific part in, of my life where you would like me to grow? And it could be everything from I want to gossip less to I, um, I want to know my Bible more to I want to exhibit more patience in my household, right? There's really no wrong answer as long as it is growing into the fruit of the Spirit. And then you look over what God is saying to you, which is this um, question, how is God leading me to grow to be more like him? And you try to be as specific as you can about it. And then you go to this quadrant sheet, and you have this in here as well. 
Um, if you would advance the slide to the quadrant sheet, that would be great. Um, and so we talked about this last night. How did God grow you into the disciple you are today? Holistic growth usually involves these four quadrants. And so I'm just going to give you a simple example. I'm going to use the gossip example. So say God is growing me to gossip less when I am with my friends. So I would say, and you want to give a, a deadline or a goal and say, by December 1st, when I am in the presence of my girlfriends, I would not gossip about others, something like that. And then I'm going to fill in my quadrant here with ways that I can train and open myself up to be changed in that way. So spiritual, engaging with God, I might say, I'm going to spend 10 minutes a day in prayer and ask the Lord that he would tame my tongue. So maybe that's my spiritual way that I engage with God and invite him to be transforming power in my life. And then relational, I say, I'm going to share with my pastoral covenant group that this is my goal. And I'm going to ask them to check in with me about it. And when I am in places with them that we are in the presence of other people, I'm going to ask them to reflect back to me if they see that I'm gossiping about someone else. And then experiential, I'd say, okay, well, the next time I go out to dinner with my girlfriends, um, I am going to consciously ask the Lord to be with me and have me not talk about other people who are not there, right? Experiential real life. And even better if I have a feedback loop, if one of my girlfriends knows that and says, mm, you, you didn't do that great because I heard you talk about X, Y, and Z. And then under instructional, I'd say, well, I'm going to really study the passages about taming your tongue and how your tongue can be like a spark that sets off a wildfire. And I'm going to meditate on that daily. So that's in really simple form what this quadrant does. And this discipleship design is not meant to be something you do and put in a drawer. It's meant to be with you daily um, in your Bible, on your desk, on your mirror, so that you're keeping in front of you the way that God wants you to grow and then the way that you're going to cooperate with that growth. So it's very simple, um, and that's in the microgroup expression. I said you could do an accountability question, or you could start off with people's discipleship designs, right, and say, how's your design going? And that's a way to each speak into each person's life and pray for them and offer them encouragement and help. And so normally this maybe would something you could do in a public teaching time, but if you're in a micro group, you could explain this, send people home with it, and say next week, after you've had time to think and pray over this, we're going to share our designs with one another. And Dana Allen, in his book, Simple Discipleship, has a whole chapter, chapter eights on this, that describes it in greater detail than, than what I am doing. Um, 
But what I want to give you time now is, and it won't be enough time, but it will be the beginning of time, um, is I'm going to give you about 10 or 15 minutes just to sit alone with the Lord and look at that, how to write your discipleship design for growth and how to ask the question, where is God wanting me to grow? And for some of us, silence and solitude is welcome. And for some of us, this is going to feel like a long 15 minutes. And so this is your divine encountering time. Um, and then after that, we're going to break into um, pairs or triads and practice this life-on-life -life discipleship where each person will have five minutes to share their design and the group will stop and pray for them and give them encouragement. Maybe you need a little bit of feedback. Maybe one of your quadrants is empty and you're like, I, I would love some ideas for how you guys think I could fill in this quadrant. Um, so um, I don't know if that sounds wonderful to some of you or terrifying to some of you, but either way, we're going to do it. Um, so I will uh, set the timer, and if you want to spread out or go somewhere else, um, that's perfectly fine. We'll call you back together, but let me just pray for you as we go to do this. Lord, we're so thankful that you are Emmanuel, that you are God with us, that you are God, the God that meets us right where we're at. You are a God who speaks personally to us, especially when we come and invite you to do so, and we listen carefully for what you're saying. So Holy Spirit, move in this room, speak to each individual about the ways you would like to grow them to be more like you. May we attune our ears and quiet our hearts and our distractions and our self-deceptions and self-justifications to hear what you have to say to us. Lord, may we listen well. In Jesus' name, amen. You could have much more time to do this, but whatever start you have gotten on your discipleship design... I'm now going to invite you to get into triads. And if you um, are here with people you know, great. You could triad up with them. Um, but also, you're having this experience for your own discipleship and to know what it feels like to be asked to do this with, um, with people with whom you are building transparent trust. And this is a trustworthy room. and. Anything that's said in these triads, we are covenanting with each other um, that doesn't leave this room and can be used for purposes of direct encouragement. I did this last week in Ohio, and a couple of the triads are like, oh, we're going to text each other and check in and see how our discipleship designs are going. So if you um, would find a couple other people to be with, I'm going to help you by every five minutes telling you to move on to the, to the next person so that each person has a chance to go. Again, this is condensed um, as well, but at least it'll give us a taste for it. So take a minute and 
find some people to be with. Um, and if you end up, if there are some groups of just two, that's all right also, but um, invite you to try to find three. I forgot to say that at the end of each person sharing, if you would pray for them and for their design, even if it's a short prayer, that would be a great way to end each of their sharing. All right, you should be moving on to your next person. Sorry, that, got, that went fast. Pray for them and then move on. Okay, if you could be shifting, pray for the second person, you could be shifting to your third person, that would be wonderful. We're going to spend just a couple minutes debriefing that with each other. There's a slide that says debrief and action. And I'll end with some conclusions here in just a second. And I love that this tool gives you the means to do that, right? In regular conversation, it might take a while to get there, but if someone's done the pre-work of listening to the Spirit and discerning where God wants them to grow, then it does kind of allow you to jump in. Um, one of the things, I, I promised I would have a slide about the National Gathering, but I realized I have the slide, but I never sent it to them. So let me <laughs> tell you a couple things, a couple finishing thoughts. At the National Gathering, Dana and I are doing a pre-conference on discipleship, and it will have a lot of what we've talked about here, plus some extra things. That's on Monday when the National Gathering starts on Tuesday. So if you guys want to invite teams or staff or that type of thing, you want them to hear some of what you have heard, that would be an opportunity. I'm also doing a one-hour breakout on discipleship that I haven't figured out how I'll do all of this in an hour, but it will be a piece of that. And there are several other breakouts um, by Jim Singleton on how to bring this into covenant groups for pastors and elders and people. So um, just be on the lookout if this is what you want to know more about. The National Gathering has that to offer, um, and that could be a way to bring more of your people, your elders, your teams, everything in on it. The second thing I wanted to say is that when we were looking at, when I suggested that template or that model of how to structure your microgroups, just know that there's lots of flexibility in there. And as I was having conversation with some of the elders from this church, you know, one thing that you could do, depending on, it depends on your context, right? What your people will respond to. But we were talking about the idea of introducing a spiritual practice, right, um, each once a month that your um, microgroup gets together, and maybe it's Lectio Divina, or maybe it's Examine, or maybe it's Sabbath, and then say, okay, everybody go try this out on your own for the month, and then we'll come in and talk about how that was for us. And it's a way, most people won't try spiritual practices on their own, but right, if it's introduced and taught to them in a group, and then they have time to go out and practice it, right? So Fill in those quadrants or those blanks however you would like. Um, and I just want to close with this, some conclusions about discipleship. Um, again, I don't want you to hear me saying there's one way to do discipleship. I'm trying to offer you pieces 
Um, I'm trying not to be prescriptive for you, but give you things that you can plug in that will work in your community and in your context. Um, don't try to move quickly. Don't, I wouldn't recommend going back and say, we're gonna start 25 micro groups and you know, it's gonna be great. Um, my number six is just start. Start with one microgroup with you and your elders, or two microgroup, or one microgroup with you and staff, and then figure out at what rate do we want to be together for six months before we multiply, or a year before we multiply. When can someone? We also were talking about how you can't really understand this life on life discipleship until you've experienced it. So even what you guys just did here in these triads is something that's hard to train or teach until you've had an experience of it. So um, celebrate what you want to replicate also. Even if you have one micro group going and you in your public teaching worship times can have people stand up and saying, and celebrating what the Lord is doing in their lives, that will start to make ripple effects for the invitations that are to come. Um, and then the last one really is, I don't, discipleship is simple, but not easy, right? And I don't want you to feel like, oh my gosh, this is one more thing we have to add to everything we're doing I would rather this become the core and discipleship be the lens through which you see everything else you're doing, and so that there are going to be things you need to stop doing that aren't serving discipleship purposes, start doing, or adapt. Um, what, what was the word we used before? Re repurpose, thank you, repurpose in doing. And so that would be something for your elders and um, for your staff to really look at. Um, and so that is a not um, complete way to end our time together, but um, I hope that the Lord will keep stirring in you um, and that you can take some of this back to your churches and figure out how it fits in your context. And like we said, a one degree shift, even one micro group or whatever it is coming up with a definition of a disciple, a one degree shift ends you up on a compass at a completely different destination. And so that's what I'm excited about for all of you. I pray for all of your churches. Thanks for giving me so much of um, your time and attention.